Well, I want to thank um, everyone who um, helped during our absence and for, um, we're, we're grateful we were able to go and celebrate um, Jonathan's uh, baptism in uh, Missouri and be with David and uh, the family. And so it was, a, it was a very special time for them and a uh, special time for us to be able to be with them. It was, um, for me, I'm, I remember when I was, I, I only had my grandmother uh, on my mother's side. Uh, my grandfather on my mother's side uh, passed away whenever I was four or five, so I only had one grandparent. And with uh, Jonathan, uh, both grandparents were there. So we were able to spend that time and uh, be able to spend some time with him. So I just, um, you can pray for me. I don't, I don't feel good right now, so it'll pass. But um, uh, the, the um, title of my message today is, Out of Weakness, we, We're Made Strong. And um, it's important that we, we recognize that sometimes in our life we, re- we enter into times of weakness. And uh, I think of it in the context that our, our old nature and our new nature. We would think that because I'm a Christian and because I have this new nature and I have Christ alive in my heart and I have the Holy Spirit uh, and, you know, the Word of God, we have all those things in us, we would think that that would be enough to stamp out the old nature. <laughs> But we are not able to do so. And the, the only time that that old nature will be completely uh, dismantled and left behind is whenever we go to heaven. So we want to keep that in mind. Oh, a time out. I have, a, I have an announcement. <laughs> forgot. Next Sunday, we start our summer schedule, 10 o'clock. So 10 o'clock, we just have church, and uh, we'll be gathering at 10. So just wanted to put that little parentheses in there okay so in our weakness <laughs> we are made strong so uh, we want to keep that in mind so um, we all have this weakness I mean we all have a human nature uh, we all have times of trial and testing there are you know sometimes we get we mistakenly think that because I'm a Christian because I've given my life to Christ I'll never have a bad thought again <laughs> sorry to make you disillusioned, but we do have difficulties and we do have negativity. We do have self-doubt. We do have doubts about human nature and about God and about the Word. I mean, we just, that's in our, and those are our, that's part of who we are. It's just that we can't keep those things coming up. There's a survey, a study that says people who read their Bible for at least four days a week. The ideal is we're going for seven, but at least four days a week have a different approach to life because the Scripture has an influence upon what they say, what they do, and where they go. So it's important for us to read the Word, to hear the Word, and to study the Word and to just allow the word to be part of who we are. It's important that we do this. Now, it's for our own spiritual good. And it helps us in our decisions. It helps us overcome the difficulties. So we need to read the word or do read a devotional. We have the devotionals. We handed them out. Um, please take them. If there are family members that would like to have them, please, please give them. 
but it's important that we read the word and that we meditate on it. Now today, I, I know I've spoken on Hebrews 11 many times, but uh, I'm going to hopefully speak of it from a different perspective uh, today and uh, do it from a, from, a, from a different perspective. All right. Hebrews 11, verse 1. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is a firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. All right? So we begin with this fundamental trust. <coughs> the King James calls it, without um, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's not what it says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we have faith is a substance, and we see that the substance of that faith is the fundamental existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the foundation under everything that makes life worth living. So we want to establish that Jesus Christ is the rock of our faith, that when we stand on our faith, everything is okay. You know, Tracy and Jose are going to be, they'll be moving, but everything is okay. <laughs> we have difficulties that we face, but everything is okay. I am officially uh, retired and replaced at the hospital. They have found somebody to take my place. They've hired someone. So the foundation is in this great change that we are entering into. Everything is okay. Everything that we go through in life, you know, your son is graduating. Oh, God, finally he's out of the house. No. <laughs> I know you don't feel that way. But, uh, that, but, you know, the change that is going to come, not only in his life, but in the family's life. Jesus Christ is the rock. You saw, so he's beginning a new life, beginning a new, new direction as he goes to college and things, and we'll talk about that next week. But we have this, all these things. There's a firm foundation, you know, Glenda's mom passing. You know, 30 years ago, my, I remember sitting in the uh, hospital with my brother and it was, it was something because it was a Sunday afternoon and uh, I don't know where we were at. I don't know if we were, we probably were here. And we drove up to State College. My other brother came in from someplace else and my mom and dad came and we all arrived at the hospital about the same time, not knowing that anybody else was coming and my brother was dying. He died that afternoon. It was 30 years ago. Firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living is our trust in God. It's the firm foundation. Now, our weak, in our weaknesses, we are made strong. The idea is that we don't like these things. <laughs> we don't like, you know, a 42-year-old with uh, children, maybe three and six, you know, leave them behind. You know, but our firm foundation is that our trust in God. Our trust in God is this firm foundation. And as we go through the, the uh, Hebrews 11, we see, you know, all these characters and we, can, and we can, you know, Abel and Enoch and Noah and all these other guys that, you know, and I'm not going to take our time to go through all of these, but there, as we highlight them, I, I, I like a verse, um, it's probably 14 or 15. It says, if they were homesick for the old country, they could have gone back any time they wanted. 
Now, one of the, the characteristics as we look through these men of faith is it is said that if they got homesick for what they had left behind, they could have gone back. But the substance and the foundation of their faith in the God who created, you know, that God, the, the, the world that we live in didn't come out of nothing. It came from a spoken word. And these individuals believed it so much they were not willing to give up on where they were at to go back. There was such a foundation and such a, um, as an establishment of what they believed and what they knew in their heart, they were not willing to go back. And, and, and that's the, the old nature. These individuals were tempted to give up. As we go through the names and, you know, A Abraham and Noah and uh, Enoch and, all, you know, back to Adam and Eve, you know, these people had temptations to give up, to give up on their faith. And we don't need to raise our hands, but we've all been tempted to give up on our faith. We've all been tempted to, you know, to do things or, that are not characteristic of our new nature. But that's okay. It happens. But in that weakness, when we turn to God, we are, founding, we are establishing the truth of God's word. And it is the foundation upon which we believe. These individuals could have gotten, they were tempted to go back, but they were after a far better country than, that, than what they had come from. It was a heaven country. You can see why God is so proud of them and has a city waiting for them. <laughs> they could have turned back, but God had a city waiting for them. This is what is ahead of us, is our foundation, is our faith, and that there is something ahead of us. You know, in traveling, <laughs> you see people who are always sad. I mean, their whole countenance, they don't smile. They don't, they don't have a sense of happiness. They have, you know, it's like just a despair about them. But all of us have a sense of hope. And, you know, we smile a lot. I hope you smile a lot. You know, why? Because there's something ahead of us. There's someone inside of us. And when we have these troubles and these despairs, it's not over. Life is not over and the trials are not over and it's okay. Then we, I go on to um, verse, um, I believe it's 34. And this is where our text comes from. And this is the Message Bible. Turn disadvantage to advantage. Turning our disadvantages to our advantages that and our weaknesses, we are made strong. So the title in the King James, it is written, Our Weaknesses Were Made Strong. In the message, it is turn disadvantages to advantages. They won battles. They routed alien armies. Women received their loved ones back from the dead. Uh, there were those who, under torture, refused to give in and go free. They, they have all these things in place. Now, all of them had an opportunity to go back. And I was thinking as I read this, uh, verse 32, I could go on and on, the Bible says here. I could go on and on, but I've, I'd run out of time. And this author of the Hebrews is uh, telling the people, there's so much more that I could give you and so many more people I could talk about. 
And there are so many more, Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, David and Samuel the prophets. So all these individuals, in their weakness, they were made strong. Now, I thought I would think about or talk about Gideon for a moment. Now, Gideon, if, if, if you've ever uh, read through Judges and we, we find uh, Gideon there, um, there are these people, uh, the Midians, the Midianites, they had come and what they would do is these other tribes, they would, Israel was like un, un, undefended. And so they would plant their crops and the Midianites and these other people would wait until the crops were about ready to be harvested and then they would come with all their animals and all their tents and all their people and all their relatives and they would come into the nation of Israel and camp out and, and strip the land of all, the, all their crops. And then after they had harvested or taken the land, uh, taken the crops from the, the Israelites, then they would move back to their home, homeland and Israel was left with nothing. Now the sad thing is, Israel was worshiping foreign gods. They were worshiping Baal and all these other things. And then the angel of God came and sat under a, a, an oak tree uh, and, and, and the, in the area of Orpha. And there's Gideon. The angel comes and there's Gideon. Now, Gideon was on the threshing floor and he was in the wine press and he was out of sight of the Midianites. So he's secretly <laughs> harvested some grain, taken it to this area in a, in a valley that was out of sight of the, the people who had the Midianites who had come in to strip the land. And Gideon is trying to hurry up and get the, the wheat or whatever it is harvested and hid from the Midianites. And while he's trying to hurry up and beat, you know, we have combines that do this today, but they would harvest it, bring it in, and they would rub the wheat and try to get the chaff out and get the wheat there and try to break it all up and, and get it ready. While Gideon was threshing wheat in this wine press area, so he, he wasn't threshing wheat in the, in the wheat harvest area, he was threshing wheat in the wine press area, you know, grapes were out of season. <laughs> and uh, he's hiding and the angel of God appeared to him and said, God is with you, O mighty warrior. The King James says, O mighty man of valor. Right? So the angel of the Lord is telling Gideon, who is hiding, who is by himself, secretly harvesting stuff, you know. He's in his stealth mode. He's got black on his face and he's got his black rope. I don't know. <laughs> He's crawling through the fields, you know. Well, anyhow, he's somehow got this wheat and he's hiding so he can get the wheat threshed and get, get, some bread, get the wheat um, in a bag so he can hide it somewhere in his house so they have something to eat. And along comes the angel and says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. What does Gideon say? Who, me? <laughs> Who, me? Are you talking to me? In our, in our day, we'd go, you talking to me, man? You know? In our arrogance, you know? You talking to me, angel? And Gideon is, 
You talking to me? <laughs> Is there somebody else here? Mighty man of valor. I'm hiding. And then he goes on. He says, if God is with us, this is us. David, you mighty man of faith. Okay. You talking to me? <laughs> this David? Uh, if I'm a mighty man of faith, why is this the way, is life the way it is? Don't want to be too loud because the enemy will hear us and come take my, my wheat. You know, why is this happening? You know, we crouch back and say, why? And so Gideon says, if God is with us, why has all this happened to us? Why are these Midianites coming down here and stealing everything we got? If God is with us, why is this happening? Life hasn't changed, has it? Why is this happening? Well, where are all the miracles? How many have ever heard that one? Why has this happened, and why hasn't God given us miracles? Our parents and grandparents told us all about it. Don't God, didn't God deliver us from Egypt? The fact is, God has nothing to do with us. He has turned us over to the Midians. God has left us, God has left the building. <laughs> Alvis has left the building, yeah. God has left the building. The overweight lady has sung <laughs> the weight challenged individual <laughs> has sung and everybody is leaving the house and this is the i think most important part but god faced him directly <laughs> there's a story about uh, napoleon and then his army and there was a young man you know, when people run from battle, they bring him in and they usually kill them. Well, this guy ran from battle, and, this, and the uh, military generals or whomever drug him before Napoleon for the final sentence. And uh, the Napoleon asked the, the man his name, and he says, my name is Napoleon. <laughs> and... Uh, Basically, Napoleon said, he grabbed him, shook him, and said, you either change your name or change your ways, <laughs> and left him go. And if God is with us, why has this happened? But God faced him directly. And I don't know if he grabbed his cloak, <laughs> says, Gideon? <laughs> or if he just kind of got right in his face and says, Gideon? In our lives, <clears throat> I believe that we in our weaknesses, when our old nature props up and says, why has this happened? I'm not that good. I'm not that powerful. I can't do this. I can't go there. When those types of ideas come into our spirit, God stands right in front of us and he looks us in the eye and he says, God, go in the strength that is yours. Go in the strength that is yours. God knows what's inside of you. He put it there. And he speaks, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are God's child. 
And whenever we start speaking against who we are on the inside, who we are as a child of God, God looks us right in the eye and he says, Go in the strength that is yours. Save Israel from the Midians. Haven't I just sent you? Haven't I just told you this? You know, I want you to know, and, and okay, God is speaking to our spirit. I can do all things through Christ. God's word comes alive and comes to the forefront of our mind and our thoughts. I can do this. And then the enemy comes up and says, <laughs> Gideon said to him, me? You talking to me? <laughs> Again, my master? How and with what did I ever, <laughs> could I ever save Israel? How and with what? Look at me. My clan's the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the runt of the litter. <laughs> Not only am I no good, I am, I am, I'm the runt. I'm the least, all right? God said to him, I will be with you. Believe me, you'll defeat Midian as one man. Now, this is where God is calling us. You know, one of the reasons I had us kind of look around and stand together and pray because we will defeat the enemy of our soul as one body of Christ. Whatever the need is in our life, we're not in this alone. We have God with us, and we have other believers who are believing with us. And we will defeat the enemy of our soul and the enemy of our life as one. We are one with God. We are one in the body of Christ. Many different functions, many different members, but we are one. And the strength is that there is strength, and Gideon is going to defeat Israel as one. Now, uh, we have all of these doubts, okay? I'm the least, I'm no good, I'm this, I'm that. You know, and God looks us right in the eye and says, you can do this. Now, Gideon's, you know, he's okay, and this is where we have the idea, well, God, if it's really you, uh, please, you know, let four camels walk down the street of Wimber. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, if we were in uh, Israel, maybe that would be happening, or some, some Arab country or some Eastern country, but, you know, so we put up these, Gideon kind of does that. He says, you know, he has a, <laughs> builds an altar. He builds an altar out of the wood that was used to honor Baal. And then the people who come by in the morning, they see that this, this, this statue, this wooden altar that was built to Baal is cut down and used for honoring God. And they've come to kill Gideon. <laughs> you know, some people don't get along with those who stand out for their faith. See? But Gideon has to go through the process. And so finally, Gideon says, okay, God, I'm going to put a fleece out here. Now, I'm going to put some wool out here on the ground. Do you ever know, do you ever see wet wool? It practically doubles in weight, okay, when it's really saturated. So Gideon says, God, if this is you, make the wool wet and the ground dry. Okay. He could hardly live. I'm exaggerating, but... It, it was no, there was no doubt about it. The wool was sopping wet and the ground around it was dry. He said, okay, I, I believe it's you, but could you do one more thing? <laughs> God, 
He helps us in our weaknesses. He doesn't tell Gideon, you know, get out of here with your, with your fleeces. <laughs> you know, go away with... Sometimes God will honor and will answer those, God, if you will do this, if you will do that. And then after he does it, we still kind of, can you do one more thing? The challenge to us is to allow the word of God to speak that truth to our life. And when God speaks that to our hearts and he speaks that into our mind and he gives us the assurance, I got this. Walk with me. So what he's telling walk with me. Walk with me. He gave Gideon, he sent word out to all uh, of Israel. All these people, thousands of people showed up. I don't, and it tells you how many garrisons or whatever. And he, Gideon has, you know, God says, it's too many people. So anybody who's afraid can go home. <laughs> Two-thirds, I bet, or more were left. And God says, Gideon, that's still too many. Why? Because if they had been able to overcome them with their numbers, they would have said that they can do this on their own. God sets us up. Okay? God sets us up to be victorious in ways that are beyond our abilities. He does it in our weaknesses. He sets us up. You see, God set Gideon up to have 300 men to defeat all of the Midians that, and, the, and the other group that came down. How on earth is this going to happen? How are three? Well, he gives them a plan. He gives them a trumpet, gives them a pitcher, and he gives them a torch. And at night, when everybody's sleeping, you know, because they don't go to battle until morning, okay? But Gideon gave them all 300, and 300, 100, and 100, they had 100 in each company, and they surrounded the camp, and that Gideon signal, they all 300 blew the horns, smacked the pitchers, and had their lights up, and the enemy was so scared they killed each other. Running, trying to get out of the way, they had their swords drawn, they were killing each other in the battle. And Israel then kept and took back all the stuff that these people had brought there. Because they brought their tents, they brought their animals, they brought their families, they brought everything, and they just left everything, tried to get out of, out of town. So get, God provided a plan, but he didn't give Gideon the plan until the, the night of the battle. He had to get Gideon to take the steps to be where he needed to be so that God could give him the plan to defeat the enemy. So in our lives, God is looking us in the eye and he's saying, you mighty man of valor. <laughs> you, might have, you mighty woman of valor and faith. And we're going, who, me? <laughs> yeah, you. Because God is speaking to his spirit that is in us. You can do this. Tracy? How many years ago did you believe that you could be a PA, you could reach this place of a, being a doctor? Yeah. Okay, 14 years there was born a dream. 
14 years of effort. Ryan, took you 12 years to get here. At least, if you didn't went to kindergarten and all those other ones, you got more years. 12 years. Sometimes what God has in mind is something that's going to take us years to accomplish, but the dream is what is spoken here. I heard of this boy. I believe he was 10, and he had a muscular disease. And he was one of 30 in the world who had this problem. He was in a wheelchair. He became very depressed to the point that he wouldn't even go out. His mother uh, saw on Facebook a dog <laughs> that needed rescued. And so she rescues this dog, but it only had three legs. It had been tied to a railroad track, hoping that it would be killed by a train. But it was injured, and they recovered. Well, they adopted this dog and brought this dog in, which was very huge. <laughs> and he came into the house and put his head on the boy's lap. It changed his life forever. He couldn't wait to take his three-legged dog on a walk and he could introduce his dog to all of the people. <laughs> and this boy then entered in contests for, um, what's it called, therapy dogs. And this dog won contest after contest after contest. And so here's a boy who is isolated in, in, his, in his handicaps, He's isolated from life by something that is very real. But something is introduced into his life, in this case, a dog, that changed his life forever. You see, God has introduced into our lives the very thing that we need to change our life forever. It is his word, his call, his purpose. And out of our weaknesses, we are made strong. <laughs> out of this boy's handicap, he is made strong that now he shows his dog in huge, <laughs> in huge uh, shows and places where he's no longer afraid to go out in public because he wants everybody to see his dog. <laughs> we want everybody to know that Christ is in our hearts and our lives. And it's not so much that we're preaching this wonderful message. We are rising to the top of who we are and our abilities to live and to serve. And from there, we have the message of Christ that goes out. Amen? Let's stand. Father, we thank you that you give to us this message of hope, the message of life. We thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you look us in the eye and you don't talk about our faults. You don't talk about our failures. You look us in the eye to get our attention so we will look away from our weaknesses to the strength that is in you that is now in, uh, that is now in us. 
Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you look beyond our faults and see our needs. Thank you, God, that you are alive in us. Thank you, God, for the call that you've placed on our lives. Thank you, God, for the abundance that we receive. Thank you, God, for your favor. We receive your blessing. We receive your gifts. And we give honor to you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. 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 God bless you.